We are in the middle of a series called Greater Than These, where we're talking about what does it look like to participate with Jesus in building his kingdom, in the kingdom mission of Jesus. What does that look like? Right? And we're a church that talks about awakening people to the, the power and the presence of God's love. This is what it looks like to, to live that out, okay? To push that forward. Again, the life course, we're doing this intentionally because it's around the life course and it's around opportunity for us to practically do these things. And so we've been going through these things. What does it mean? What does it look like? Last week we talked about, are we willing to make Jesus our Lord so that when he comes into our life, flips over the tables, makes us confused, you know, what's going on in our life? Will we trust him? Will we love him in the midst of that struggle? And I, I want to clarify that, um, you know, James 1.13 says, let no one say when he is tempted or when he's in a struggle like that, that I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. And so what I was saying last week, and again, I think this is important, is that there are times that the enemy is attacking you. There are times where the enemy is tempting you. There are times where the enemy brings evil to your life, right? That's, that's not God testing you. That's not God disciplining you, okay? That is the enemy, okay? And so we pray against that. We move against that in power, and we get after that. But the same thing is true when we're suffering the, thing, the same thing is true when we don't know if it's the enemy, and it could be God disciplining us because he loves us, and he wants us to grow in our faith, and that's when he kind of just, he comes in, he turns over the tables, and he says, will you trust me? Will you grow? Will you, will you follow me in the midst of me not doing what you want, when you want, and how you want? And we unpacked that last week. Um, this week, I'm excited about this talk um, because I think a lot of us, as we go through these talks... People think, well, I'm not qualified for that, or I can't talk to anybody, or I don't know what it's like to extend joy to people. That sounds risky to me. I don't like talking to people. I actually don't like people at all. And, and, um, and, and so this week is about like me telling you and teaching you and encouraging you, propelling you forward, propelling you forward in your life, in your relationship with Christ, so that you can participate with Jesus. This talk is about getting you to engage, and everyone can do it. If you're an introvert, if you're an extrovert, if you're ENFP, an ISTJ, whatever you are, in terms of Myers-Briggs or whatever, you're a, a Labrador, you're Sanquin, well, I don't know, all the dogs or all the animals one, doesn't matter what you are, what I teach you today, you're going to leave being like, oh, snap, I got some power. I got something going on in me that is going to make the enemy tremble, I, that is going to push back the darkness, that is going to participate, I'm going to be participating with Jesus, and I am going to be reshaping history, eternal history, as I move with Christ and I participate in building his kingdom. I know, you're thinking like, what could this be? Is it drinking water somehow? Is it, is it just eating food? Will that help me? No, it's way easier than those things, Okay. And so it comes out of um, it comes out of the it's the next miracle after Jesus turns water into wine after he flips over the table, then we have this miracle. Okay, and this miracle is about a guy who has jacked up faith, weak faith, weak faith, and he comes to Jesus and something powerful powerful happens. And we're going to look at and encourage us with weak faith 
to how, how do we get to encounter the power of God and bring the power of God in a way that it raises the dead, that we can move towards death and it raises people out of life, you know, into life. When I was praying about this talk this morning, I was driving here and um, I just kept having this, I kept remembering whenever I was in um, like elementary school. And in elementary school, we would have, we'd play kickball or we'd play like softball or we'd play football or we'd play whatever. We're going to chase the girls around or whatever. We'd play these different games. And what, what did they do? They would have like, they first get two captains, right? They'd get a captain and a captain. And the captains then would pick their teams, right? And, and looking back on that, I'm like, oh man, that's father wounds written all over the place because there's always someone who's picked last. And that is horrible. Who came up with that design of picking teams? And we do it at home, you know, whenever we're playing in our neighborhoods or whatever. And so this memory, this memory kept coming back to me. And um, I felt like Jesus said to me, he said, uh, people, picked, people picked last have power. People picked last have power. Along with this idea, if you feel like you've been skipped over, you feel like you've been the last picked in life, you feel like... For whatever reason, for whatever reason, you don't have the value, that God doesn't value and love you like he might other people. That that's a lie, and that today you are going to learn, if that's you, that you have power. That you don't just have a little power, you have power to raise the dead, to bring life, to heal, to bring transition and transformation in our city. To prevent things like what happened last Saturday. You have that power in you when you participate with Jesus. Okay? Person picked last, there's power. Say that ten times. Person picked last, there's power. Person picked last, there's power. It's a tongue twister. Okay. John 4, 46 to 54. So he came to Cana in Galilee where he had made, where he had made the water to wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come... From Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was how the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from, Galilee, when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Father, just come. We invite your Holy Spirit. Please come and open our hearts and our minds to hear your truth, and to respond and live differently. God bless you. Okay. Now, this is what's going on. I'm going to give you a little outline, okay? There's two exchanges with Jesus and the dude, okay? So, G- so the dude comes, and he says, hey, my son's dead, Jesus. Will you heal him? And Jesus says, signs, signs, and signs. You always got to have signs. If I don't show you signs, if I don't do what you want, when you want, and how you want, signs, 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 then you're not going to believe. You don't have faith. He's talking about weak faith here, okay? And then what does the guy say? He's like, yeah, whatever. Sir, we come down and heal my child. He says the same thing. And then Jesus said to him, this time, go, your son will live. Okay, and then it shows what, how he responded to that. 
He, when Jesus said that to him, he responded. He, it says that when he responded, that he uh, believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went on his way. Okay? And the result of him acting in faith, responding, I'm going to unpack this more, is that, was a son healed because he did that? No. Jesus healed him. That's not why. What he, when, he, when he moved in faith, when he responded to what Jesus said in faith, his, 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 he believed. He believed. The kingdom grew. And not only did he believe, all of his family believed. That was the result of his obedience, of his response to these exchanges with Jesus. Okay? And so, the sick father comes down. He comes down. He walks. It's 25 miles. Okay? So, he walks 25 miles when he, he hears Jesus is coming. Right? Because his son is ill. And so, he must have heard something about Jesus. Or maybe he saw Jesus before. Maybe he saw him heal. Because he makes this long trek. He leaves his son that is dying with the understanding that he would probably die before he walked another 25 miles to get back to him, okay? So he goes down and he asks Jesus, you know, will you come with me and go heal my son? Okay, so he makes two errors that we make, okay? He, he reveals two things that reflect his, uh, his broken faith or his weak faith or whatever. He took, he took for granted that in order for Jesus to cure his son, he would have to travel with him from Cana to Galilee, so he comes from Canaan to Galilee, and he makes this assumption, Jesus, if, you want to, if you're going to heal my son, you need to do it like this. If you're going to heal my son, then you need to do it like this. You need to do it my way. This is what I'm expecting. This is what I want you to do. Okay? So that's the first mistake he makes. He undermines, or not undermines, he underplays the power of Jesus. The second thing that he does is he does that again. He, he, he doesn't believe that if his son dies, Jesus can raise him from the dead. He doesn't believe that Jesus has power over death, okay? And so really what he's showing us is he doesn't believe that when he participates with Jesus, the all-powerful God, that great things can happen. Things, that, things can happen more than he could imagine. Things can go on that he can't understand. When we participate with Jesus, we have to remember that we're participating with Jesus, we're participating with the king of the universe. We're, we're participating with the God who, who has conquered death, who has raised people from the dead. We are participating with Jesus who can do all things, anything he wants, when he wants, and how he wants. Regardless of what we're doing, regardless of where we are, he is all-powerful. He is God. He is the one who makes the darkness tremble. He is the one who drives demons away. He can do anything. He can do anything. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that. Because the person that's picked last, how do they have power? Because they're participating with the all-powerful one. And we have the spirit inside of us. Each one of us, each one of us at some point in our life have been picked last. Have been wounded because we've been picked last. Probably this week you've made to feel less than other people. The enemy has attacked you. Man, if he gets us in this area, we're done. We're done. In Ephesians 3.20 it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that's within us. Okay? Imagine what Jesus can do. Imagine the greatest thing. Just imagine it for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He can do that. 
He can do that. Whatever you've imagined, he can do that. And he's saying, like, dude, you're not even, like, you're not even in a sphere of influence, of understanding. You have no idea what that thought was isn't even close. What can you not imagine? Think about that for a second. What can you not imagine? You can't do that because your imagination is something. Come on, people. Jesus is saying, this is how big I am. This is how amazing I am. This is who you're participating with. So remember that because it is important that we remember that. Because if we don't believe Jesus can do it, we won't ask him to. If we don't believe Jesus can't do something, why would we go to him and ask? Why would we go to him and ask? We won't. We won't. Because our faith will be telling us he can't do that. That's not true. Antley, you can't. If you pray, if you do this, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And that's my faith that's weak because I don't believe in who he is. And when I don't believe who he is, I stop believing in who I am. That I am filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That I am, I am filled with a spirit that, that when I engage with Jesus is dangerous. That he does things, he does things that, that I can't imagine. That I could never believe he would use me for. And we have to believe this. Okay? And so, because that's who he really is and who we really are. And that is the beginning of understanding faith and how our faith grows and how we become who God's created us to be, how we become people who can change and bring life and resurrection as we participate with Jesus. Okay. Jesus responds here. He goes, unless you see signs and wonders, you will definitely not believe. And think about what that's saying. He doesn't say, you have to see signs and wonders so that you will believe. He says, if you don't see signs and wonders, if this is what you're about, if you don't see signs and wonders, you definitely cannot and you won't believe. That's a pretty strong statement. That's a pretty strong statement. Because, and so this guy, he's kind of doing a gentle rebuke to this guy whose son he thinks is going to die. Right? Because Jesus hears him come and he's underestimating. Jesus sees his heart and he knows he has seen me do these things. He has seen my power. He's traveled all this way and he doesn't realize that I am the sign, that I am the wonder, that I can do all things. Wonder in this deal, wonder and sign are really one thing. Okay? They, they split them up in the English. But wonder and sign are one thing in this deal. And what it means is whenever he does something, it blows your mind. It blows your mind. It's inconceivable. That's who Jesus is. We just talked about that. He's somebody that blows your mind. He's somebody that's all powerful. And so this guy's coming to him and he's saying, he said, I want to see signs and wonders. I want to do these things. And he's not just talking to the guy. He's looking around him and people that are watching. And he's saying, you can't believe if this is the rung, the low rung of faith that you're standing on. It's not enough for you to believe. You have to believe in me. You have to believe that I am the sign, that I am the Lord, that I am the wonder. I am the one who startles, that changes things because of my power and because of who I am. And so what does he do? And this is, this is kind of what we do, right? It's kind of what we do when we, we think about our faith. We, we see something, we see a sign or we see a wonder, and we think, I want that. 
I want to be able to pray for someone and have them be healed. I, I want to do this, Jesus. I want, will you show me that you're here and will you do this, right? And Jesus is saying, no, you need, to, you need to be looking to me. You need to be coming after me, not what I can do, not these signs and wonders. I am the sign. I am the wonder that this is what we do. This is how we think we get the faith to do those things, right? We think we can muster it up. We just think if I practice enough, if I do enough, if I just like, oh, faith, 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 come to me, faith, 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 or whatever, and we're just sitting there, hope, you know, saying, God, I want faith, I want faith, I want, if I just had faith, and we see other people with faith, that's not how faith comes. That's not what the Bible says about how faith comes. Paul says this, we walk by faith, not by sight. He doesn't say, we walk by faith, not by reason. He doesn't say, we walk by faith, not by rationality or thinking. He says, we walk by faith, not by sight. The faith, that, faith does not come in seeing miracles. Faith does not come in seeing the manifestation of the miraculous. That's not how faith comes. That's not how faith comes. What Paul's saying here is that faith comes through being rational. Faith comes through thinking. I mean, think about it. If you don't have faith in something, you're wondering, can they really do this? Is this person really all-powerful? And Jesus is saying, quit looking for miracles. Look to me. Look to me. Come discover who I really am. Think about me. Look at the evidence of who I am. Look at the evidence of what I've done. Look at the evidence of my love, of my words. Look at these things. Think about these things. Go to my word. Do you trust what my word says about me? Do you trust what you have experienced about me? Gather evidence about me and then make a decision. And then act on that decision and that is how you grow faith. That is how you grow faith. Now, can the miraculous and the other things accompany it? Yes. But Paul says, don't ground your faith in those things. Because when they don't happen and you don't see them, like this joker in here, you don't believe. And when you don't believe, you don't step out and risk and act on it. And so Jesus says, this is how faith comes. Think about it. Some of you know I'm getting, like, I need two knee replacements. I'm getting one coming up in October, right? And so I've had some knee surgeries before, and I get it done by the same guy. And so whenever he says, Antley, you need a knee surgery, you have another jacked up knee or whatever, I'm like, all right, I trust you, I know you, you've done this, I have faith in you that you're going you're gonna to take care of me and it's going to work out right, right? Well, he doesn't do knee replacements. And so, like, I've gone to four doctors and I am trying to figure out who I'm going to use. I'm not going to say with the first doctor, oh, well, I have faith. If I don't know who he is, I don't know what he's done, I don't know anything about him, am I just going to say, oh, well, I have faith? No. Heck no. Because you'll be like walking out like, hey, got a new knee. Got a new knee. It's working great. I wish I would have found out a little bit about that guy. Right? No. What am I doing? I'm gathering evidence. I'm putting stuff on Facebook like, who you let cut your knee to be replaced? Literally. I'm going to doctors. I'm asking them questions. Do you use a computer? You know, do I need a partial or a full? Like, what's the recovery? How do you do this? How many of these have you done? How many of these have you done? How old are you? Are you angry or married? Do you have built-up frustrations you're not talking about? I mean, I'm asking these guys all these questions because I'm gathering information so that I will have faith 
Truth will lead me to freedom and allow me to have faith in whoever I choose. Well, this is the same way with Jesus. This is the same way. He wants us to know that we have faith. So what does he do with this guy? What does he do with this guy? As he says, as he says to him, he says to him, the next thing, his next interaction, he says, go, your son will live. The guy says, go and heal my son. So Jesus rebukes him. He says basically the same thing, go and heal my son. And then Jesus says to him, go, your son will live. Go, your son will live. And what does the guy do? And just so you know, whenever Jesus says, this is the power he's demonstrating here, because we see this later on, because at the very time he said this, he was healed. He was healed at the very moment. And so again, Jesus is saying, you want to see my power? I don't have to be there. I don't have to see him. I don't have to know him. I can just think of him being healed. And he is healed immediately. And the, the language here means that he was healed and that he was back to life in a vigorous way. He wasn't like, oh, fever's going away. And then like, give me some water, put a rag on my face. And a few hours. No, immediately he was healed. That's the power he has. Okay? And so the guy, is he responds now. Here's the response. Two interactions, and he responds, and he applies his faith this time. The man believed. It says, the man believed what? The miracles? What he saw? No, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went on his way. Okay, I hear what you're saying. I trust what you're saying. I have in faith what you're saying. Oh, really? Well, then risk out, step out in faith. Risk. That's how, you know, how do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. So step towards that. Quit asking me. I've said what I'm gonna do. Step out. And he does because of the word that Jesus said. The man whose faith had been weak, he's been on the lowest rung of the ladder, he now accepts the word of who Jesus is. He trusts what he has seen about who Jesus is, what he's heard in Jesus, what he knows about Jesus, what other people have said about Jesus, and he acts on it. And what is the result? And I said this earlier. The result of his faith is that he believed. That is the sign of the kingdom coming. That is the end result of us participating with Jesus, is that we believe, and then others believe. The measuring stick for for building the kingdom of God is bringing people into the kingdom of God. Bringing people into the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus came for, is to bring people to his Father, to seek and to save the lost. Does he heal us along the way? Does he bring life to us in areas of our life that, is, that are broken? Yes. Is that the kingdom coming? Absolutely. But when we talk about participating with Jesus, we're talking about participating with him so that people are saved, so that people go from death to life. That is what this story is about. That is what this is modeling for us. Do you want to see people come from death to life? Then hang on my every word. Then learn about who I am. Collect evidence about who I am. And that is what will grow your faith. And that is what will cause you to step out and engage the enemy and bring life out of death to change, to change what is happening in, in, the, in a realm that we cannot see, but we know that is there because we have faith in what Jesus has said, that he has said this is there. And so what, what did the guy do? Like, how did he participate? 
What did he do? What's, like, what do we do now? What's our to do? Pray. He went to Jesus and he asked him. That's prayer. What do we do if we want to rock this world? What do we do if we want to bring people dead to life? What do we do when we want to engage and bring the kingdom of God, participate with Jesus? We pray. That's what he did. We go to Jesus. That's it. We go to Jesus. Everyone can go to Jesus. Everyone can go to Jesus. And that's what this guy does. And it brings transformation. It brings healing. It brings life in a way that we cannot imagine, that we can't fathom because of who we're participating with. If you feel like you're picked last, you feel like you have nothing to give, Jesus says, participate with me. And and when you participate with me because I'm the king of the universe and I can do whatever I want, anyhow I want or whatever, you trust that and you believe that and you act on that, you will change the world. You'll change the world. And, And this is the deal. You can do it right now, right where you're sitting. You can do it when you're going to the bathroom. You can do it when you're riding in the car. You can do it when you're in the shower. You can do it when you're spanking your kid. You can do it anytime, anywhere. Just go to Jesus. And this is what's so cool about Jesus. It's like, you won't do that maybe naturally. You'll get busy and you'll forget about it. It's like it's too easy. What do you mean I can't do something? I just have to come to Jesus? Yeah. Well, here's the good thing about Jesus. If this is in your heart and your desire and you're thinking right now, oh, I want to do this. I want to change the world. I want to bring people into life. Jesus sees that in your heart, and, and, and he's saying, come to me. Oh, oh, you get distracted and lost, and you, you can't remember to come to me? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to come to you. I'm always pursuing you. I'm always after you. That's what's in your heart. I'm coming to you. And so, like, you'll be in the shower. You'll be talking to someone. You'll be at the mall shopping. You'll be at high school or middle school, you know, sharpening your pencil. You know, pencil. I love those things. You ever stick your finger in one? I did. Okay. Right? And so, and so wherever you are, Jesus, you're, you're like, he sees this in your heart, and he, he, you, you hear him say something to you. And like, he brings someone to mind. And you just, all right, I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to pray for that person. Or, or he reminds you of a situation. I'm going to pray for that. He reminds you of somebody who's sick or who needs healing. I'm going to pray for that. That's what this guy did. That's why all of us can do this. There's no excuse for us not doing this. There's none. If you are a disciplined person, you can discipline yourself to go spend time with Jesus and hang hang out with Jesus, great. That is awesome. If you're someone who doubts yourself, who've been picked last, overlooked, or whatever, Jesus is going to move towards you. He's going to start dropping things in your heart and in your mind, and you're going to start praying for them because he's going to prompt you with the power of his spirit, and you're going to see things change. You're going to see things change that you couldn't imagine could be changed. You know, last week, we had that horrific shooting at the landing. And I started reading about it. And, and I, I, I saw this trend of, of people started blaming things about why it happened. They started blaming like the, the fire department blamed the pizza place for it happening. Literally, they blamed the pizza place. They made this big thing about, you know, it's these games. These games caused them to do this. It's the first time in the history of games that this has ever happened. They, say, they blamed the parent. 
The boy, one time when the parent took away his gaming stuff, it says that he punched a hole in the wall in her bedroom. But then she says there were other times where he would just curl up in a ball and he would weep. But before that, in the month of June, there were 17 homicides in Jacksonville. Month of June, one month, 17 homicides. Just before that, what happened before that on the Friday before? A 16-year-old little boy killed somebody, shot somebody at a football game. These are things, folks, that we can change. We can change these things in our city. But in our mind, we can't have this mindset, that's too far away, that's too big, oh my goodness. You can change this. You can, you can reshape the reality of the kingdom in Jacksonville, in our country, in the world. That, you can't imagine that you could do that. But that is what Jesus is saying. I am the king of the universe. You're participating with me. When I drop something in your heart, pray, pray. In faith, step out and know that I am doing something. I am the sign. I am the miracle. I am always doing something, whether you see it or not. And if you see the miraculous, great. If you see the answer prayer, great. That too will increase your faith. But if you don't, go back and look at the evidence. Go back and look at the evidence of my word. What does my word say about me? What has been your experience of me? Let that motivate you, not what you see. Let who I am come to me. I am the sign. I am the wonder. And I will do wondrous things. I can do wondrous things if you come to me and participate with me. You know, in this season of overflow, I just want to ask us, like, are we overflowing? Are we overflowing? When I give a talk like this, like, are you thinking, like, man, I want, I want to do this for other people? I want to engage. I want to overflow. I want people to be saved. I want people to come and experience Jesus at church. I want people to go to the life course. Is that in your sphere of influence, or in your sphere of thinking? Are we thinking that way? Or are we coming to church just to kind of, I want to experience worship, hear Antley's awesome talks, testimonies of little kids, have prayer ministry? If we, if we are not coming to Jesus like this man and we are not asking him to move in power, then who is? Who's going to change people? Who's going to... Who, God says, God says, man, the harvest is, is so many in the harvest. The workers are few. Do you really believe that if this is your church family and we believe that God has spoken to us about overflow... We're preaching sermons on overflow. We are creating a life course for overflow. Whenever I tell you, take this card and give it to someone, is that registering with you? Do you really, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope you care. I hope you care. I really do. I hope that you care. But only when you draw close to Jesus will he change your heart. Only when you draw close to Jesus. I mean, that's when this comes down. This is what this comes down to, is do you really believe that Jesus is the all-powerful king of the universe, and that this is his agenda. This is his agenda. This is what brings him pleasure. This is what brings him joy. This is what he gets fired up about, is when you step out in faith and bring his power to a world that is broken, a world that is lost, a world that is blaming, when there is only one to blame, and that is the enemy. That is the devil. Why did that shooting happen? There's one reason. 
There is one reason. It's because the enemy is taking this battle seriously. The enemy, this is what's crazy. The enemy is doing signs and wonders. The enemy is moving in power. The enemy is causing people to shoot each other. That is the work of the enemy. And we see these signs and wonders of the enemy, and we're not doing anything. We don't believe that we can engage at this level. And maybe some of you are. Maybe some of you are. And that's great. But for the rest of us, I mean, this is hard for all of us, but for the rest of us, when we see the enemy move, we need to move against him in faith and knowing that we have more power than him, that we can change what he's doing, that we can heal who he's killing, that we can bring life where he's trying to bring death. He's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. We're coming to bring the life of Jesus that is full, more than we can imagine, to people, to people who are afraid, to people who are hurting, people who are dying, people that don't know him. So listen to him. This is how. This is how we do it. Listen to him. Read his word to strengthen your faith. Look at the evidence and the facts about who he is, what he can do, what he has done to you and with you and through you. Trust that that is true. Apply your faith. Respond like this man did. Apply what, he's, what you know about him, the evidence. Apply your faith, believing that that is true. Step out and pray in power, participating with Jesus because of who he is and because of who he says you are. Let's stand.